Hello and welcome to today's Early Learning Podcast. My name is Ruth Garlick, I'm the Preschool Advisor in the Early Learning Team and today I'm joined by Associate Professor Christine Woodrow. Christine is a Senior Researcher in the School of Education at Western Sydney University and we're going to be discussing the topic of children as researchers and inquiry-based learning. Could you give the listeners a brief background of your research um, and in, including your role in the research? Um, thank you, Ruth, and it's lovely to have the opportunity to speak with you and to share some of my experiences. Um, I guess my main areas of research over the last um, decade have been in the area of leadership and professional identity of early childhood educators, family engagement, models of professional learning that support pedagogical innovation mm. um, with early child, in early childhood contexts, and particularly in those contexts where children are disadvantaged by the circumstances in, in which they live. What some of the research shows us is that um, children in these, there are assumptions about children's learning in these contexts and um, where adjustments are made, they're often made to make learning more structured and routine. Mm. And yet um, some of our research shows that it's probably the opposite that is going to be more advantageous to these children. So I became especially interested in research about e equity and pedagogical approaches for children who are less likely to achieve at the same, achieve educationally at the same level as more advantaged children, their, their peers. So my role in some of this research has often been as project leader. Um, I, I've become quite well known for the action research work that um, I've done with some of my colleagues with early childhood educators that are looking for those pedagogical approaches that um, really are successful in engaging children as autonomous and engaged learners. That's very interesting to me because having been an educator for about 30 odd years, it is, it's often the case that when we're trying to support children's learning, there's a push down curriculum. And what I'm interested in is, is this research that you're doing and that concept of children being supported to be researchers. So was this something that the project encouraged? Look, um, absolutely. Uh, we've got fairly strong evidence from this project work um, that has been going on in Chile, in uh, various parts of Western Sydney um, and other sites around New South Wales in, in particular, that um, children's learning becomes, they become more autonomous. Um, children are more engaged with their learning. Um, and the dynamic of the classroom actually changes um, as a result of more, um, I'd say child-centred, but sometimes that gets misinterpreted, but uh, maybe I can say more play-based approaches. So intentional teaching, when it's well understood what that concept is as distinct from instructional teaching, um, the, the funds of knowledge, so this idea of 
the educators and the children researching together the context in which the children live and their families um, also live. And uh, play-based learning seem to be key um, concepts that have emerged as successful. So can you tell us a little bit more about inquiry-based learning and how that works? Uh, Yes, I can. I think it kind of builds on what I've just been saying, that um, it, it creates the opportunity for children to be active partners in their own learning rather than objects of teaching. So that's what I mean about changing the dynamic. So in partnership with educators, um, actually working on projects of local significance usually um, and uh, establishing directions of inquiry with with their um, educators changes that dynamic from them um, being receivers and um, subjects of teaching and learning to them being creators of learning opportunities in partnership with more experienced others. So it's very Vygotskian, that that kind of um, concept. Now, have I answered your question? Yeah, I get the I get that real sense that it's not about the educator being the expert about the topic. It's about a joint wonderings and inquiry and hypotheses and searching for for what people are hungry to learn about. Yeah, look, that's that's exactly right. And, you know, when I was talking about those concepts that have emerged as being powerful, I omitted to talk about sustained shared thinking, which I think has been a, a brilliant um, way of conceptualising how to engage children in that um, joint participation and joint creation of, of learning opportunities. So it requires the educator to listen, that act of pedagogical listening to children and to respond in very authentic ways, um, that in ways that lead children's learning. And so inquiry becomes the, the vehicle. I wonder what would happen if, can you imagine? So the questioning, the kind of engagement is, is quite different to what you will see in parodies of the kindergarten teacher of, you know, sit down and what colour is, is that? We know that that's a very limited view of early childhood teaching, but, you know, it is something that is a bit of a trope. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to give a couple of examples of where, uh, that illustrate that. Would that be helpful? Well, yes, because I'm really interested in knowing how the educators go about that. So I guess in some examples, you'll be able to help us understand yeah, look, the strategies. One of the things that I have found um, has become quite an important way of conceptualising it is to um, re-describe the, uh, the role of the teacher. So it, it's not this uh, lone weekend worker planning uh, learning experiences for children. It's uh, it's more researching the community and knowing what's actually going on locally, so that that those local experiences and the knowledge of the families and the lives that they are leading in their community becomes the rich resources for learning. So, 
instead of being the expert, the teacher often becomes the researcher and then engages children and families in conducting that research about what's going on. So one of the beautiful examples that I like to draw on is um, early childhood sites that have been aware of um, local council elections and use that um, pretty lively um, activity that goes on in our democracies to e explore um, all kinds of things, citizenship and um, um, engagement in your communities, but also works on literacy and, and numeracy at the same time, but the children don't even realise that. So in one of the examples, the children collected the brochures, the flyers that were around for the different um, candidates for the mayor. Um, with the, They brought them because they were coming from different areas. The teachers worked with them in, in analysing them, reading out what the mayor was going to promise, <laughs> um, looking at the photographs, so doing a bit of a visual um, literacy activity around what, what they look like. <laughs> and, um, and then um, after discussions, you know, that citizenship idea of being active participants, um, having the opportunity to vote, have a mock vote. So there you have beautiful maths about who got the most kind of dots and then waiting for the result and um, seeing who, you know, who got closest. But in one situation, the um, uh, the children, some of the children also created flyers for themselves as imaginary mayors. So there's a whole lot of issue around critical literacy and, and gendered stereotypes and those mm. kind of things. So what are you going to promise? Is it the playgrounds? Is it better roads? And, and where does gender fit in, into some of that and but obviously creating texts so mm. young children from three to five actually creating these texts in a particular genre and kind of understanding not the word genre but mm. that this is a different form and different to the birthday card that you might be giving a parent um, others have been picking up on you know local activities such as you know traffic problems so you know working out ways of solving some of the traffic problems uh, also around schools. Um, I do go off on a tangent, Ruth, so if you'd like to bring me back to your question. Well, I'm yes, no, we're, we're talking about how the educators uh, provided the children with that inquiry-based learning and those sorts of strategies that they were using. But it sounds like um, there was a lot of authentic literacy and numeracy going on within that. Yeah, I think it's this um, notion of in embedded literacy and numeracy learning rather than this um uh what would you say structured structured instructional tracing, tracing yeah. letters and yeah and it's inherently interesting and it's in it's interesting to the community as well so instead of the um coloring and activity i'm being very extreme being stuck yeah. on someone's fridge it's a project that's happening in in the place and, and families are able to contribute things to that. There might not be anything to actually take take home from it, but the day is lively and a, and a little bit unpredictable. And I'm remembering, I've, I'll never forget this comment that one of the teachers in one of our projects made about how the dynamic of the early childhood class actually changed as a result of this inquiry-based learning. And she said she stopped becoming being the policeman. Mm. Um, you know, of kind of directing the traffic 
and in fact she became the the partner in that learning and i i thought that was a really nice way of of thinking about that that she she kind of had a much lower profile in mm. the classroom because she was down with the kids all the time instead of up sorting out the behavior problems and so on because the kids were actually more more engaged and i think that's a really nice thing to carry forward to think about how your role changes so educators are being more engaged as well is... that's right and in fact we have um uh qualitative data from some of our research about educators saying that since they adopted this funds of knowledge approach that was more engaged with families and communities and implementing their play-based learning that um they actually got more enjoyment and satisfaction from from their teaching mm -hmm. and for many of them changed their views of families you know where they might have stood back and thought families weren't so interested in their children's learning they actually realized that they were that there just hadn't been avenues for them to become involved and and to share that and acknowledging what families have to offer that's right, yeah. So that funds of knowledge very much promotes that idea that um, almost all families have got knowledge and capacity and strengths, but it might not be the knowledge and capacity and strengths that's kind of recognised in, in everyday life. So it takes a little bit mm -hmm. harder work to think about how to engage families who might not conform to the kind of stereotypes. Mm. And what was the role of play in, in these projects? Uh, play was a, a, actually critical to it um, and I guess play in many different forms. So some of it very much um, free play, uh, dramatic, socio-dramatic play. Um, in some of those examples that I've, I've given you about the um, uh, elections, I mean, that was very much socio-dramatic play and you could see the... Um, uh, personalities of some of the children emerge as they took on different roles in terms of um, being an imaginary uh, kind of mayor. But I think, you know, what's really important is this idea of embedded, um, embedded learning in children's play. So planning carefully, but planning with, with the children so that it's inherent, inherently motivating and rewarding. Mm. And I'm just wondering if you see this type of learning being appropriate in the early years of school. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'd, one of the things that I've noticed is over the last few decades, there's been a slippage around that, that in, in, um, in the past, there's been acknowledgement of the role of um, complex play uh, in in the um, school classroom in the first years of school and I've seen that being eroded and reduced mm -hmm. to Friday afternoons uh, with playing with Lego on the mat rather than that kind of inquiry-based project um, learning that I have seen characterised in schools in, in earlier decades. I also had worked with um, a school in one of my recent action research projects who implemented a play-based learning in, uh, pro approach in a very um, disadvantaged area, the 
teachers were absolutely committed to this as being um, an important way for engaging the children, but terrified that it that it might create a whole lot of problems. The freedom associated with play might just um, break down all the discipline <laughs> that they had worked so hard to maintain. And in fact, the opposite actually happened. They had to be very creative around working out ways of managing groups, small groups of children, um, so that conflict didn't happen. But the, the um, attendance of children um, in that school, of the children who were in that play-based program, actually improved by 50% over the t time wow. of the project. So I think that is pretty powerful evidence that speaks for itself. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> attendance at that school being a really big issue, um, mm. it, it really kind of changed things around. And um, I think those teachers are now really proud of their courage, actually, in doing what they believed in and seeing how it paid off and how how well the children have done. Unfortunately, um, COVID was the year that those children went into school. So we, uh, into, from kindergarten, sorry, into year one. So we haven't been able to do any follow-up um, oh, around that. Mm. Yeah. And there's always questions around curriculum outcomes because so much of what we do in schools is around curriculum and, and making sure that we do get children um, working within or towards or achieving those outcomes. And it sounds like this is a very integrated approach. It sure is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are all kinds of meanings associated with the word integrated curriculum out there. Mm. But I think um, for teachers that and school schools um, and early childhood settings, preschools, long daycare, that have the courage to really embrace this inquiry based approach, then the rewards in children's learning and engagement are there, but it requires a different kind of assessment process to mm. demonstrate that. So the pedagogical documentation that many will be familiar with and the little um, narratives and exemplars of what children are able to achieve rather than... Um, achievement on on scales those scales are important um but i think there are probably a more diverse range of ways we can measure children's um, achievements and outcomes than what we are traditionally um being exposed to and you know chris i think that might be a conversation for another day because it really is yeah well then you would really wind me up <laughs> <laughs> and that could be a lot of fun i'm sure look chris i want to thank you so much for um for sharing your knowledge and your expertise around this. Is there anything else you want to add before we close off? I think that issue around courage um, is an important one, that it does take courage to go against the grain as an educator or to take a risk. Mm -hmm. And I would say that about children too, when you asked me about the outcomes for children, that um, inquiry-based learning, play-based learning, uh, does encourage and provide an environment for children to be bigger risk takers. And I think it's through that joint risk taking mm. that boundaries are expanded um, mm. and unknown 
things kind of happen. So I'd say, you know, the courage of schools, school systems, early childhood centres, um, sometimes resisting fam families and parents' expectations of mm -hmm. what what learning should look like. I mean, that's quite an important um, thing as well. Um, and I think the role of professional learning. You cannot underestimate how important it is for uh, educators, teachers to have the opportunity to continue to improve their, their knowledge and understanding over time, not mm -hmm. just one-offs, but, but over time in this action research kind of um, opportunity. Yeah. Well, you've given us a lot of food for thought, so <laughs> thank you so much. A pleasure, Ruth. And I hope to talk to you about more things into the future. I'd love to.